Good to see you this evening. I thought I'd give you a, just a short, brief history commentary on your pastor. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> when I was saved back in 1982, I think Jason, Brother Demlo, what were you, five, six? Six years old. And uh, he was just a little guy. And I saw this boy grow up in church. And when he became 13 years of age, uh, he entered the youth group and I became his youth director. I was also his choir director in the teen, uh, teen choir. And then for a number of years, Jason, Brother Demlo, I call him Jason, Brother Demlo, uh, he helped me at junior camp for many, many times, many years. And uh, as he, uh, you know, grew in his teen years, and I was his youth director, as I mentioned, we actually became very good friends. And I thank the Lord that when he was, what, 19, the Lord uh, gave me the privilege and the blessing of leading him to Christ. He came to find out he wasn't saved later in his teen years. That became obvious. Uh, and that really, was, that really was a difficult thing, but a friend loveth at all times. And um, praise God for, for saving him. Well, that really drew us even closer, and through the years, we just became great friends. And when uh, the Lord brought me a wife, and we were married, Donna and I, in 2003, uh, that man right there was the one standing for me and next to me as I took my bride. And um, we don't see each other that much, but brother, I love you. And uh, I appreciate you. So it's good to have a good friend in the ministry. If you'll take your Bible this evening, um, please turn, if you will, to John chapter 8. Hold your place there once you're there. And then go to John chapter 2 is where we'll begin. But we're going to jump to John chapter 8. While you're turning there, I'm also um, happy to see Brother McCandless. I was in their church here not too long ago, and he gave me the privilege of preaching there. And I guess I never would have thought we would have been meeting in Alaska of all places, but that's a blessing. Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get to... The Word of God. Father, I pray you'll bless tonight. This is your church. And Father, you are walking up and down the midst of the candlestick. And Father, your spirit is in your body. A body without the spirit is dead. And you've given your New Testament church your spirit. And Father, you've given us your word that you've exalted above your name. And I'm praying that as it's taught, it will do what we cannot do, do a spiritual work in every 
eternal soul here. And Father, be glorified. May, may Jesus Christ, your Son, be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing that burdens me, and I guess it does quite often when it comes to my mind, is in a church, whether it's my home church, any of the Lord's churches, there's, there's probably, likely, people in the church who are not saved, though they claim to be. They claim to be. You know, the Lord, in his first church that he started, had a man in the church who wasn't saved. Now, Jesus knew that from the beginning. Uh, you can't fool the Lord. But what's interesting about this man, it was Judas, by the way, you know. We learn from Acts chapter 1 that the disciples with whom Jesus started his church were Baptist disciples. They were disciples of John. And if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 3, when John began his ministry, preaching repentance, uh, directing people to Christ, behold the Lamb of God. As John was preaching, there were people who came to his baptism. And John said to the religious leaders, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. John refused baptism to certain people. But he didn't refuse baptism to Judas. You know, Judas fooled a Baptist preacher. And not only did he fool John the Baptist, but he also fooled the other uh, 11 apostles who were Baptist disciples. Because when Jesus revealed that one of you is a devil and one of you is going to betray me, the other 11 turned to the Lord and said, Lord, is it I? It's not me you're talking about, is it? Which, that really was a good response, Amen. We ought to look inward first. We, we ought not to be, you know. <laughs> we ought to examine ourselves, the Bible says, whether we be in the faith. And if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. 1 Corinthians. But the point is, um, if Judas was not really a good, fake, pretend Christian... then the disciples would have said, yeah, we know it's Judas. We've known all along. And they didn't do that. I, I, you know what? I, I, think one of the, I think the most horrible thing for anybody to hear coming from the lips of God will be when the Lord Jesus Christ says, depart from me. I never knew you. My. And you know, it's, it could be possible there's somebody here. You claim to be saved, but you're not saved. I don't know who you are, but God does. And I, I want us to look at something tonight. 
And may God's word be the light that it is that will shine in your darkened heart. Listen, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Do you understand what that means? If what you think you have is truth, if what you think you have is light, and yet you're really in darkness, how great is that darkness? So, I want you to see something here tonight. In, in John chapter 2, verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem, Jesus, at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Now, I want you to notice the word many there. Many believed in his name. Now, whose name? In Jesus' name. That's who they're believing in. Many believed, believed in his name. Doesn't that sound good, brother? Many believed in his name, you know. Now, if I was in Africa and I was preaching this in these charismatic churches, they'd be going, Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! I think they probably do that in churches here in, the, in our country, but many believed in his name. Doesn't that sound good? Believed in his name. Okay. Well, if that's all we read, we closed our Bible. Hey, praise the Lord. Many believed. Many, many are saved. They believed. Okay, well, let's read the rest. Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. What's, what's the impetus? What is the catalyst? What is the source of their faith, as it were? What they're seeing. Now that right there ought to give you a heads up. The Bible says, for faith cometh by what? Not seeing. You know, that's why churches today, so-called, that's why the Charismatics and the Pentecostals and those kinds of people, that's why they're so influenced by these so-called miracles today. And they've got to see something and they have to feel something, you know. That's the speaking in tongues and all that. They've got to feel it. And they've got to see it. Many believed in his name. Well, when they saw the miracles which he did. Now look at chapter 2, verse 24. What's the first word? <laughs> you remember that from before, don't you? <laughs> Words have meanings, amen? Listen, if this was genuine, if this was real, there doesn't need to be a but. Amen? There just needs to be an amen. Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But. But Jesus. You see that? But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. 
Now, who's the them? The many who believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. What is commitment? I do read where Jesus did commit himself to his disciples, his true disciples. He was committed to them. In fact, if you read John chapter 12, verse 1, when it talks about it was time for Jesus to go back to the Father, and the Bible says he loved his own, and he loved them unto the end. He was committed. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He was committed. He didn't commit himself to these people. And why not? Well, let's keep reading. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, the many who believed in his name, because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man. Why? For he knew what was in man. In other words, beloved, Jesus Christ, knowing all men, knowing the thoughts of all men, he could look into the hearts of these people, these many who believed, and Jesus Christ saw something that only he could see, and when he saw into the human heart, he saw something that was not real, not genuine, and Jesus said in his own mind and heart, I am not committing myself to them. You know what? I know what's in them. I know all men. Amen. Now, if I wanted to know something, let's say I want to, I'd like to get to know Brother Humphrey, or let's say I don't really know him. And, you know, I don't really know him. I know him a little bit. He came to visit us, stay with us in our house in South Africa. But if I really want to know who you are, do you know who I'm going to ask? Well, let me say who I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask you. I mean, you'll, you'll just say all kinds of things that will make you sound so wonderful and so good and so spiritual and everything. I mean, it would be like I'm reading his resume, you know. As the perfection only, you're only going to get as close to perfection as what you read on a resume. Amen? No, if I really want to know who Brother Humphrey is, I'm not going to ask him. I'm going to say, does anybody here have a testimony? Can you testify about this man? What can you tell me about this man? I'm going to ask somebody else. I'm going to ask his neighbors. I'm going to ask his family. I'm going to ask his colleagues. I'll even ask his enemies. I'll, I'll, I'll seek a testimony, or two, or three, or four. Jesus didn't need to do that. He knows what's in man. And he did not commit himself unto them. Okay. Just pretend the chapter 3 uh, heading isn't there, because the narrative continues. Read verse 25 again. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And there was a man. Continues. 
There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do what? The miracles that thou doest. God is with you, you know? God, God, God is with him. What was Nicodemus focusing on? The miracles. It's, it's a continuation. And so Nicodemus, you may not have considered this, but Nicodemus is one of the many who believed in him. For the same reason, I've seen the miracles. But now there's something a little bit different, I think, with Nicodemus. He said, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest. Or before that, he said, for we know that thou art a teacher. Listen to words now. They make a difference. For thou art a teacher come from God. You've come from God. You know what's happening, at least with this man? God's beginning to open his blinded eyes as to who Jesus Christ really is. You're a man, but you're more than a man. You've come from God. Now, he's believing in Jesus, isn't he? Believing in him because of the miracles. And some preachers would say, oh, Nicodemus just got saved. <laughs> no, not if you read the rest of it. You know, Jesus didn't even acknowledge what Nicodemus said. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? Now, take your Bible. Let's go to John 8. I want you to see another statement in the Bible that looks good. I mean, it looks good on the surface if you don't dig any deeper. Look at John chapter 8 and verse 30. As he spake these words, many, there's that word again, many believed on him. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? And it's not a few, it's many. But you know the thing that really uh, concerns me with that is Jesus Christ said, many will say unto me in that day. Few there be that find eternal life. Few. Not the many. Many will say. What did he say about the broad road that leads to destruction? And many there be which go in thereat. And there's going to be many on judgment day. Lord, Lord, calling Jesus Lord. Amen. You see it on the sign of the church. You see it on the bus. Jesus is Lord. I never knew you, he's going to say. So here, many believed on him. Now, doesn't it stand to reason, if, if they believed on him in verse 30, then what's said of these people before verse 30, they're lost. Then what's said of these people after verse 30 would be evidences of conversion. That makes sense. That's Bible. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. The Bible says, repent ye therefore, and what? Be converted. The Bible uses another word, transformed, or transformation, transformed. 
So let's go back a few verses and let's look at who these people are as lost people. Let's look at their personality, their uh, character traits, things about their person, and then we'll, we'll see afterwards, okay? Look at verse number 12, John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And he just said that to the woman that was taken in adultery that we considered. You know, when Jesus with his finger, the finger of God, amen, wrote on the ground. Verse 13, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. You're bearing record of yourself. Well, it's interesting it was okay for the Pharisees to send messengers to John the Baptist and say, What's, what, you know, who, who art thou? What sayest thou of thyself? They were willing to accept John's testimony. But here, not Jesus. Your record is not true. You're bearing record of yourself. Verse 14. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. Isn't that lost people? They're of the flesh. They make their judgments after the flesh. They go by the outward appearance. That's, that's, that's lost people. Verse 16, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear uh, witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bear witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know not me, nor my father. He's basically telling him, You're lost. You don't know me, and you don't know my father. He's telling them they're lost. Verse 20, these words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. But they wanted to, didn't they? <laughs> Look at chapter 7, verse 30. They, then they sought to take him, they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Boy, they want to kill this man already. They're, they're, listen, their hearts are filled with hatred. Isn't that how lost people are? What did Jesus say? No man can serve two masters, for he will either love the one and hate the other, he'll despise the one, or hold to the one and despise the other. It's love or hate. You know, God is love. If you don't know God, you certainly can't love. But these people are filled with hatred. What did Jesus... Um, Excuse me, what did the, the Spirit inspire John to say? Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. 
But see, lost people, lost people, their hearts have hatred. Lost people, lost people in their hearts, they can have bitterness and envy and strife. They all go together. You'll see that in the scripture. And so we're just seeing the characteristics of lost people. Verse 22, then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Will he saith, uh, because he saith, whither I go, ye cannot come. Oh, I, I missed verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Again, what is he saying? He's pointing out their lost condition. Lost people, lost people who call Jesus a liar, your record is not true. You're bearing witness of yourself. You know, lost people have a difficult time just believing what God said. They don't believe the Bible, really. Really. They call Jesus a liar. They judge after the flesh. They have hatred in their heart and strife and bitterness and envy. And then Jesus says, you'll die in your sins. Look at verse 25. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith, Either in the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Look at verse 27. They understood not. You see that? They're without understanding. What did Jesus uh, say uh, back in John chapter 3? Not John chapter 3. Um, let me just tell it to you. Why is it that you cannot hear my speech? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. And here's Jesus talking to them. And they don't understand. They're, they're, not, they're, they're without understanding. Isn't that kind of how lost people are? And then verse 28, Jesus predicts his crucifixion and so on. Let's read it. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Verse 30, as he spake these words... <laughs> Many believed on him. Really? With what we've just read, we started in verse we started in verse 12 of chapter 8. Let's just review quickly. They're saying your record's not true. Jesus, you're a liar. Jesus says you judge after the flesh. You don't know me. You don't know my Father. They say, where is, where is the Father? No man laid hands on him, but they wanted to. Jesus said, I'm from above. You're from beneath. I'm not of this world. You are of this world. Verse 27, they understood not. And then three verses later, many believed on him. <laughs> Many believed on him. Hallelujah. Okay, let's just assume that these people came to a biblical understanding. That let's just assume they repented. 
They repented of their hatred and all of that, and now they believed on him and they're saved. Okay, let's see the life of a saved person. Okay, let's, let's read. Verse 30, And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. And verse 31, you've got to keep going back and, and keep reading that. Keep it in your mind. This is who he's speaking to now. Not just anybody. He's speaking to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You know what the true test is? If you continue in the word of God. He's laying that out for them. You're, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Well, we're, gonna, we're going to see that. Verse 33. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? We're Abraham's seed. All right, now what are they doing? They're glorying in their flesh, just like they did before. We be Abraham's seed. I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of Abraham. I've got some good lineage. I've got some good heritage. Well, so did Nicodemus. And what did John the Baptist say? Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our, to, to our father. For God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. It doesn't matter who your father is. Listen, you may be here and claiming to be saved. And you may be a preacher's kid. You may be the church secretary. You may be a deacon if, if there's a deacon in the church. You may be a Sunday school teacher. Listen, you may have in your heritage your father's a preacher, your grandfather's a preacher, your great-grandfather's a preacher. It doesn't really matter who we are, who our father is, what our lineage is, what our pedigree is. Brother Demlo, uh, I've never realized this, and I don't know, he probably was shocked when he realized it too. He was telling me how many preacher's kids are in the church here. There's a lot, and he has most of them. <laughs> most of them have the name Demlo. And, and I'm not, uh, God's my witness. I call God to my witness. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this just because there's a lot of preacher's kids here, and I'm certainly not saying this just because Brother McCandless is here. I would have said that if they weren't here. I'm just, using, I'm just using that as an example. My point is, it doesn't matter who we are. And Jesus is saying this to the many which believed on him. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. Well, I think they need to be reminded of their time in Egypt. <laughs> Amen. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, pay attention when Jesus uses 
and repeats that word twice. He said it to Nicodemus, verily, verily. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. This is, this is how, what he's saying to the many that believed on him. Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And we, we consider that word commit. People who are committed to sin are not saved people. What does it say in 1 John chapter 3? He that committeth sin is of the devil. Now, of course we know it's not talking about sinless perfection. He that saith that he has no sin, he deceives himself. Amen. And the truth is not in him. When he says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning and so on. He's not talking about sinless perfection. But listen, if you are committed to sin, that's what you're faithful to. That's what you're loyal to. That's what you're given to. That's really who you are. Committed to sin. You're of the devil. If you're a servant of sin, he that, whosoever, whosoever committed the sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. You know, in 1 John chapter uh, 6, verse 9, G, uh, uh, <clears throat> the apostle Paul wrote to the church, Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither adulterers, nor fornicators, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor drunkards, and so on and so on. Be not deceived. Now, I'm not concerned about a, somebody who is weak and commits fornication. I am concerned if it doesn't bother you. I'm not concerned about a man who may find himself weak and he drinks a can of beer because that's who he was before he was saved. I'm not concerned that a man may find himself weak and, and, and you know, smoke a cigarette or drink a can of beer, but I am concerned if it doesn't bother you. You know, the flesh that we have, do you know when we were saved, beloved, the flesh did not get converted. What happened was we got a new man. And do you know in that same verse, he that is born of God doth not commit sin? For his seed remaineth in him, listen, and he cannot sin. Who cannot sin? The one who's born of God. Well, what does that mean? He that is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. What does that mean? Well, it's simple, really. When you're born of God, what does that mean? That means you have a new man. If you're born of God, you have the new man. Who's the new man? Who is the new man? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the new man. And the new man is living in you and living in me if you're saved. We have God the Father living in us. We have the uh, Son of God living in us. We have the Holy Spirit living, us, living in us. And that new man, the new man, the new nature cannot sin. Jesus cannot sin. 
The new nature cannot sin. You're saying, well, does that mean you don't sin? No, I do. Well, how do you, how do you explain that? Well, it wasn't Jesus who sinned. It was, the old, it was the flesh that sinned. And I still have my flesh. The flesh can only sin. It will always sin. The new man cannot sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. So if I'm tempted, if you're tempted, I have a choice. If I submit to the flesh, I'll sin like any lost man. If I submit to the Spirit of God within me, to Jesus Christ, I cannot sin if I'm submitted to Him. Because the new man cannot sin. Well, do you sin, Brother Kuzel? Yeah, I do. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But what's sinning? Who's sinning in me? It's the flesh. Jesus cannot sin. He says, whosoever committeth sin is of the is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, he shall be free indeed. I know that ye be Abraham's seed. Look at verse 37. Who is he speaking to? Verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. I know that ye be Abraham's seed, verse 37, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Boy, it doesn't sound like there's been a conversion to me. It doesn't sound like there's a new man in these people. They still have hatred. And the word of God, the truth, is not in them. It's not abiding in them. God's seed isn't remaining in them. Which is why Jesus said, you're, you're servants of sin. You're glorying in your flesh. Thinking you're Abraham's seed. Verse 38. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Who is he speaking to? The many which believed on him. I'm just telling you, my friend, in, in, in concern for your soul, you can say you believe on Jesus. But if you're glorying in your flesh and you're all about flesh and you're controlled by the flesh and you're puffed up because of who you think you are, or who, you know, who your lineage is, or what position you have. If you're still a servant of sin, you're still committing sin, you're as much of a sinner as you were before, there's no power that is in your life to break sinful habits. You're not getting victory over sin. You're still committed to sin. You're still a servant of sin. Oh, but I believe in Jesus. <laughs> you're deceived. And I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. Still have a bitter spirit. Still have hatred. You don't have a forgiving spirit. All of these things that go with hatred, all of these things that go with the flesh, It's what controls you. <coughs> Excuse me, God's word is not in you. 
You have a different father. Let me share with you a blessing. If you read in Hebrews, actually Proverbs chapter 3, a, a blessed truth. Uh, the writer of Hebrews said, despise not the chastening of the Lord. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and correcteth every, every son, every son whom he receiveth. For God dealeth with you as with sons. Now, I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect anything. But my heavenly father is. And the Bible says, of whom all are partakers, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if you be without chastisement, you are bastards and not sons. But that phrase in there for, about chastening, for he dealeth with you as with sons. You know, there's been some times in my life, Brother McCandless, when I was chased of the Lord. And God chastened me in his love. And you know something, brother? No chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. I was grieved because I had sinned against God. I was grieved because God had to uh, resort to chastening me. But you know something? Deep down in my soul, I was so happy. I was so happy. I was so thankful. You know why? Because it was a, an assurance. It was a verification that God was dealing with me as with sons. And some of the greatest times, the strongest moments of my assurance that I'm saved is when God was using the rod on me. Because I knew it was God, and I knew, I knew he was doing it, and I knew why he was doing it. And as soon as I was chastened, I said, Lord, thank you so much, because it proves to me you love me. But if you're without chastisement, you're not saved. Amen. You be without chastisement? When you're in disobedience, you're bastards. That's what Jesus is saying. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. What, did, what does he say here uh, on that subject? Look at verse 44, everybody. Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. He's speaking to the many which believed on him. You're of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know what stands out to me? There's three characteristics that Jesus hones in on in describing Satan. Just three. Three sins. Lust, 
lying, and hatred, murder. And I'll tell you, Jesus could have said a whole lot more about the devil. But he gave those three. Lust, lying, and murder. And Jesus says, you are of your father. Can I ask you a question? Are you all about lust? No, I'm, I'm not saying that you, you, you find yourself weak and you, you gave in to the flesh. What I am saying is, does lust describe who you are? What about lying? Lying, 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 always lying misrepresenting the truth, twisting the truth, lying, lying, lying to parents, lying to the preacher, lying to your boss, lying to somebody in the church, lying, always lying. Lusting, lying, and murder. Listen, if that's really who you are, like Father, that's what, Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm just preaching the word, brother. Verse 43, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if, you, and, if, and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? <laughs> wow. Yeah, this sounds like... <laughs> this sounds like believers, right? I'll finish by saying this. Be ye not hearers of the word, but be ye doers. You know, it's interesting in Matthew chapter 7, you, you know the, 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 the teaching about the foolish man, the wise man, you know, building the house and so on. Jesus said, I'll liken, I'll liken a wise man unto him that heareth these sayings and doeth them. I will liken a foolish man unto him that heareth these sayings, but he doesn't do them. There could be a wise person in this building sitting right next to a foolish person. You're hearing the same teachings of Jesus Christ. The one who's saved is on the rock, Christ Jesus. The one who's not saved but believes in his name, believes on his name, is on sand. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. For he that beeth a hearer of the word and not a doer is likened unto a man which beholdeth his natural face in the glass and he 
He beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of manner what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If any man among you seem to be religious, but bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Thou sayest thou believest in God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But the difference is, the devils don't believe and repent. Amen? And I'm just preaching this from the Word of God. Because if you're here today and you claim to be a believer in Christ, but there's never been a conversion. You're still of the flesh. You have hatred in your heart. You don't believe the word of God. It's as if you're calling Jesus a liar. You believe not the record. You don't understand God's truth. You're a servant of sin. Lust, lying, and murder. My friend, you need to come to Calvary. And get born again. Do not be one of those people that Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. Amen? There ends the reading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I believe there's somebody very likely here who claims to be a believer. But they're lost. They're not saved. They glory in their flesh. They lie. They lust. They hate. They don't really understand the Word of God. God's truth is not in them. They have an unforgiving spirit. They're of the flesh. But they say they believe on you. Father, I pray, I'm praying tonight that through preaching your word, they will be honest and look in the mirror and Father, if the reflection that's coming back is not consistent with, with, with the truth and with real conversion, Father, if they look in the mirror and they're, they're condemned, they feel guilty, they feel dirty, they look anything but holy, Father, may they come to Christ and be born again born again of God's Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.